everybody. Welcome to the Talking Disney Classics podcast. This is the show where we like to talk about the Disney canon. And now we are finished reviewing the individual films. And so we're inviting content creators on to talk about their rankings and their experience with the Disney canon. So much fun. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Stanford is here. Hey there. How's it going? Good. And we have a very special guest with us today. Yes. My friend Sean Chandler is here. Thank you so much, Sean, for coming on. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Um, you sent me the uh, the invite to to join. Um, it was actually something specifically I wanted to spend more time talking about because I spent so long watching all these Disney movies, but the inherent nature of movies, they just keep coming out. And You're so right. I, I, I couldn't cover them as much as I wanted to. So uh, this was one that I was excited to to get to do a follow up on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're so excited to have you. And I was thinking about it. This is probably the only podcast that you will have gone on where Jennifer has been on before you. Would that be accurate? I'm pretty sure that's true. Well, no, <laughs> she's been on the podcast for her job before. So talking about oh, social yeah. media. There we, so there I go. have not been invited to speak to her company before. So, But when it comes to the world of talking movies and TV... She beat me to this one. Because Jennifer came on to talk about the Emperor's New Groove with us when we were doing that recap. So that was ah. super fun. Yeah. Really one of her good. favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a blast. That was really fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so why don't, since this is your first time coming on this particular podcast, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about how you got started in, in this space? Yeah, so um, like I would assume both of you as well as all the listeners, I just always loved movies and nerdy stuff. Going all back, all the way back to summer 1989 when Batman 89 came out, and it's one of my earliest movies that are going to go see it, and I collected all the trading cards for it and everything like that, and then got really into Star Trek and Star Trek conventions with my sister, and we'd ride our bikes to comic shops every Saturday, and then in the late 90s, I, I put up my very first uh, movie website. The first rendition was in preparation for the release of the Star Wars special editions and then episode one. And then it turned into a, a web page about Jackie Chan. This was the late 90s, kind of what I've always done. And I had little blogs here and there and always just wanted to share my thoughts on movies and TV. Then summer 2016, that new Ghostbusters movie came out. And my wife and I went to go see it for date night. Everyone on the internet seemed to have an extreme opinion about it. I, and if you you either if you didn't love it, it's because you're a sexist. And if you did love it, it's because you're a moron. And I was like, okay, that seems like there's something in, in between those two positions. Right. Um, and so then I, I shared my middle of the road thoughts on it. And um, yeah, that little video I posted on a whim turned into a, a new career. And it legitimately changed the trajectory of my life and that uh, now I talk mm-hmm. movies and TV on YouTube for a living. And somewhere along the way, I became the ranking guy where I'm, I'm just known for ranking things. And uh, that wasn't intentional. There was reason I did it. But um, yeah, that's that's me I'm yeah. on YouTube ranking things all the time, putting them into numbered lists. Thus, the conversation that we're currently <laughs> having yeah. or about to have. I think sometimes the on on the internet the most shocking opinion of all can be the nuanced middle ground opinion. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's no so major true. opinion at all is the most shocking. Right, yeah, especially like on Twitter, where I mean, it's just everything is designed to be a yeah. polarizing, 
hot take. It's designed to be a little bit snarky. It's supposed to dunk on people that disagree. It's a little bit cocky. It's a little bit clever, but it's not particularly insightful or Mm -hmm. nuanced. It's just meant to like, just feel like a hammer to the head. Uh, so that people agree are like, yeah, I want to hit that too. And everyone else is like, oh, how dare you? I just leave a comment on that. But uh, yeah, you know, having like a normal opinion is actually kind of refreshing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what particular, so you have your channel mm-hmm. and what particularly made you want to tackle the Disney canon? Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I, I tend like most of what I cover is kind of big franchise stuff. And so, you know, I've always talked about, you know, Pixar and the new Disney movies, of course, Star Wars or Colors Marvel. And um, each year I try to have some big ambitious project. So when you think of what what is like the name in animation going back to the very beginning, I, of course, yeah. it's Disney. I mean, it's sure. Disney. There's, I mean, it's there's no one else in the, in the same category as Disney when it comes to just longevity when it comes to animation and just the number of films they've put out and the number of absolute classics that they've put out spanning the decades. And so it was just always, as soon as I became the ranking guy, it just became a matter of when. And I, I looked at 2021 and the 60th Disney movie was coming out. That just felt like the right number. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I could be more strategic in some of it, uh, with, you know, well, I could, there, you know, you always try and line it up with what's the biggest movie tied to it. So when I did with Marvel movies, it was Endgame, and I could map that out nicely, but, um, you know, with COVID, you can't even talk, line, no, you have no clue even how movies are going to do or anything like that. But so 60 became the number that was like, that's, that's the time to do it. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. started January of last year and it took 11 months to get all 60 movies watched. And also I have three kids under the age of 10. And so it's just, you know, I don't want them to be raised entirely on computer animated films and I have nothing against them. Mm-hmm. I just want my kids to have a little bit more of a history than that. So mm-hmm. I tried to have them watch as many as they could. And so that's kind of where yeah. it came from. Very good. Sanford, when did you first review the Canon? Was that on your it blog? Was in, it was in uh, 2010. Mm. Uh, surrounding the 50th animated mm. feature that was, you know, Tangled. Uh, and uh, so th- that's when I decided I was I was just doing l- little blurbs on my Facebook page. That's how it started. Oh, and then that okay. kind of then then yeah. then I moved it over to a, a, a blog. Um, yeah, I site. first did it in 2014. Uh, I had I had been a blogger since 2008, uh, and I would every once in a while do a review. I remember reviewed Frozen and you know, a few other things, and I, I really enjoyed doing it. Um, but then I uh, tore my MCL in my knee uh, in 2014, and I uh, I just was pretty much bedridden, and so I was like, "What am I going to do?" And I'd always wanted to review the Disney canon. I'd always wanted to watch the Disney canon, and so I decided let's do it. And I really enjoyed it. And that's why originally my, uh, my website was, my blog was called 54 Disney reviews. Cause that was, it was before big hero six. And so it was the big thing was, um, was getting to watch the 54 movies. And, um, I, I was terrible like SEO and stuff like that. Cause like everything I sort of started for different reasons. So I had different names for everything. And it's only been in the last like two years that I finally streamlined everything to Rachel's reviews, except for, except for hallmarkies and, Anyway, uh, so yeah, that uh, kind of 
the I tried to turn a negative into a positive uh, for that situation. Um, was, were there a lot, that, Sean, that you hadn't seen in the canon? Uh, um, I mean, uh, well, certainly not a lot. I don't know. I don't think you could say a lot. There's some that I hadn't seen in 30 years. There's probably a number in that category. And there's a bunch of like the wartime stuff that's a little bit tricky to categorize because they're like these little shorts. Yeah. And so I felt like so many of them felt so familiar or I'd seen something, but I don't know if I'd even seen them in that, that form before. I just seen like the cartoon somewhere. Yeah. Well, you probably, um, that's probably true because it, like Disney had a lot of those shorts in like the sing-along mm-hmm. And it's where, you know, that's exactly where I was exposed to so much of those that it made it interesting watching them. It was like, wait, I have seen this, but I haven't seen Mm -hmm. this at the same time. It's kind of an interesting mix. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to ask you, so you had pretty much all of the shorts package films. You had those really low. And I was just curious if you just don't like shorts in general or just these particular shorts? Um, I'm not, I'm not particular. I, I wouldn't say I'm opposed to shorts. Um, there, there's a bunch of stuff they're dropping right now on Disney plus that are shorts that mm-hmm. my family gets a big kick out of. Yeah. Uh, these ones, I, some of it is just on principle, a compilation of shorts, calling that a film like 45 minutes of shorts just mashed together with a very loose theme, tying them together. Mm-hmm. It's just tough for me to be like, yeah, that's a film with that told a story. Cause it really didn't. Some of them, uh, uh, some of them were like literally like 45 minutes straight <laughs> of a duck dancing with a lady in a bar. <laughs> and so I was like, what am I watching right now? What is this? And, and perf- 100 be- being perfectly honest in all of this, I believe the the wartime era was the last set of films I watched. So there was also a little bit of like, I just watched 55 actual movies and the last thing I'm having to watch now are these little shorts. But you know, like, um, you know, the ones of that era that I certainly that had the left the biggest mark on me that I remember the most would be Toad and Ichabod Crane. Right. Because they tell a story. And so I'd seen those ones before, certainly, and many times before growing up. And but they, they, it was like an actual two 30-minute, 40-minute stories mm-hmm. put back to back. And so I believe that was the one that was easily the highest up uh, of all of them. But um, I, I just, on a yeah. concept level, like, are these even movies? <laughs> and, well, and you know the history and everything? It's yeah. Just, Especially Saludos Amigos because it's only 45 minutes. Right. <laughs> right. It's 45 minutes. Like just four shorts just meshed together with a very loose concept of like, hey, traveling to South America. Like some of them. Like, <laughs> I know, it, it, was, it was kind yeah. of bizarre. And, and it's, it's also very weird to rank. You know, yeah. you watch Encanto and then the next day you watch one of those. How do you actually mm-hmm. compare two things that like hundred million dollar, the most state of the art up to date animated film ever created absolute professionalism, mm-hmm. intricate, like there's all story group. And then you compare that to, Oh, we're in the middle of world war two. What can we do? I mean, it, yeah. like, it's just like comparing them even feels like yeah. strange to do. 
Yeah, sometimes I really like rankings that are really random like yeah. that because I don't know, because when you have things that are sort of all basically the same or that I feel basically the same about, like when people ask me to rank the DC movies, I'm just like, I don't know. I feel the same about all these movies. I just don't have <laughs> strong opinions about this. Right. And, uh, but like doing a kind of an end of the year list, for instance, where I'm having to say, do I like this comedy more than this drama? Mm-hmm. Or do I, you know, like, I, I, I think that those kind of rankings are more intellectually challenging, stimulating, more interesting to me, but they are way harder to in the same breath mm-hmm. because it's like, I don't know. I like all this stuff for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you have uh, an like really unpopular opinion in your ranking that you got a lot of pushback on? Probably multiple, but the biggest one. Which which one did you say? The just the an unpopular opinion that you had. Um, I'm trying to ranking. think. There, I mean, with a when you're dealing with Disney, it ties to everyone's childhood. Mm. Yeah. And so everyone is very deeply emotionally connected to the movies that they grew up with. And I would say we grew up legitimately during a phenomenal era. Yeah. And and almost everyone else would say that too. But other people were grew up in different eras, but that doesn't they they watched whatever movie they grew up with just as as much. And so I would say a lot of the stuff from the post-Renaissance, I stopped watching animated movies around 1998, right? Right yeah. before Mulan came out. You know, I was just in punk bands, metal bands, uh, had long hair, and I just didn't watch animated films for for like a decade. Um, and so... That was a good decade to miss. <laughs> well... Well, it, well, for Disney, it certainly was, but yeah, then, I, but I also missed uh, Finding Nemo, which yep. yes. when, 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 as soon as I had kids, I watched Finding yeah. Nemo when my son was a year old, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is incredible! This is a, oh mm-hmm. this 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 is this is amazing." Um, yeah, and if you but, ever dive into anime, Studio Ghibli was really at its prime then too. Prime There's too. some really good yep. movies, and so I, I just I didn't watch that era, and they certainly don't connect. I have no nostalgia. And so then, like Emperor's New Groove, um, Lilo and Stitch, a lot of those ones, it seemed like people were like, what? How dare you have this solo? Some of the Golden Age as well. Um, I, they can just be a little bit. I think I have Pinocchio really low because it's just been always one of these stories that like this is so harsh. This is mm-hmm. so harsh. Yeah, and so I have it pretty low. Um, so I think those are the ones I think that immediately yeah. come to mind. And then I, I I've been you know, pretty positive towards some of the, the more recent ones. And so then some people are like, really, you have this one in your top 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for me, my most unpopular opinion is definitely where I have record Ralph. Cause I just don't love it. I, I think it has good things about yeah, it. How do I exit this podcast? How, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have it at 41. It's Woo! very shocking. I know. Um, I don't know. I just think especially once they get to Sugar Rush, it's just really kind of predictable and bland. I don't think it's that great. And uh, maybe it, it hurts me that I'm just not a gamer at all. So I don't some of the stuff that other people think is super funny and clever. I don't really, you know, like that much. 
Um, I don't know. I just don't love it. <laughs> and uh, but I feel like everybody has those hot takes in. I feel like if you don't have some hot takes, I'm like questioning your ranking because <laughs> I feel like everybody should have at least right. something that they you know right. to kind of fight for. Well, yeah. and you think like if you have any personal taste, if you have anything distinctive about your opinion, yeah, something's and there's going to be crazy. Something's too high and something's too low. Otherwise, you have a very boring vanilla taste in movies. Um, And, and, you know, generally speaking, I I like pretty mainstream stuff. So I I line up a lot with on a lot of things with the the mainstream. But at the same time, I've got you you just have to have these ones where just and I get comments from time to like, sometimes I feel like you just put things in crazy places just to get a response. Like, wouldn't the opposite be worse if everything I ever posted just felt like it was voted on by a committee like why would you want that right it's like no personality like just generic ranking like no one would be interested in that yeah exactly all right well let's dive in to the eras and talk a little bit about our favorites and uh least favorites from the eras we have that golden era that you talked about and uh, my favorite is Fantasia, my least favorite. So this is Snow White through Bambi. And my least favorite is Bambi. I have Fantasia at five. I have Sluice. I mean, I have, sorry. I have Fantasia at five. I have Bambi at 29. But uh, Stanford, what about you? So um, top one for me is Cinderella. Wait, for Golden Era. For Golden Era. Snow White through Bambi. Oh, sorry. No, my bad. My bad. Snow White. Yeah. No, no, no. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm I'm telling Yeah, I'm right. Snow White. (laughs) I have that at my number five, but that's my top one in the golden era. Okay. And then then my bottom one is uh, Fantasia. Mm -hmm. All right. What what about you? I'm trying to find it. I got my list in front of me. It's a list of 60 movies. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? I'm I'm already already blown it. Looks like I, I believe it's Snow White is the one that I have at the top. Okay, great. And what's your least? Uh, I think it's Bambi. Bambi. Yeah, ba- Bambi. This is one of my hot takes. Bambi is my bottom one. I'm okay. not, a, not a Bambi fan. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Bambi is really cute. And I can see how it was definitely very comforting at the time. You think about the war and, you know, dealing with death and, and, uh, um, responding to that, you know, and, and everybody had somebody in their family who died, you know, and they practically in the war, um, certainly the communities. And so I can see how it was very effective at that time, but it's still not, it's not my favorite. Um, but it is, it is beautiful. I do like the music a lot. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I think what's so interesting to me about this era is just to watch it through the eyes of Walt Disney if you think about it, I mean, he could have so easily just done a, a ton of princess movies, but uh, he made one very successful one and then went on to do, I mean, can you think of more different films than Pinocchio and Fantasia and, and Dumbo? And Dumbo, I mean, yeah. just, I, I admire that so much about him and how he was just so bold. And that's one thing that stuck out to me uh, when watching uh, these, um, these golden era films. Did you have anything that stuck out to you about this kind of watching this era, Sean? Well, the big thing that was on my mind watching them is just thinking about how much storytelling has evolved. Mm -hmm. And, 
even kind of the way like Snow White is structured, it's structured like a series of kind of shorts. It's telling a single story, yeah. but it'll like pause, and then all of a sudden we have like eight minutes of you know, animals cleaning up a house. And so it's the short about cleaning up the house. And then it's the short about hi-ho, hi-ho, we're off to work we go. And so the, the scenes play longer than normal. Um, so that was a big thing that kind of stuck out to me. Just a lot of it was just paying attention to the animation itself and thinking of like they were inventing the techniques to do all of this at, yeah. at this sort of scale. Um, but that that's where my mind drifted to. And that's somewhat where I, where I struggled with it as well of when you're watching a movie that is so important, that is so shaped, uh, so made its way into our, our popular, popular culture. But at the same time, how would people actually respond to it if this was just released as is today? And trying to like balance my my take right. on it and, and all yeah. that. that. That's the thing that really I struggled with, especially as someone that this isn't my expertise where I have a, a deep amount of knowledge about it. It's not necessarily some of them what I would gravitate towards naturally. And so trying to, to fairly rank them that with like, what's my actual opinion, feelings, experience watching it with also a, an understanding of history importance and um, that sort of thing. What do you think uh, Stanford about uh, this golden era? Well, I, you know, I really love all of the films. The, the one um, I, I was actually mistaken about my ranking. I actually have Pinocchio lower than Fantasia. <laughs> so mm. that was my bad. Uh, I have such tremendous respect for, for all these films, including Pinocchio. I just don't really like the storytelling of Pinocchio, or this really just the story. Um, right, it scared me as a child and as an adult. I just I don't know. I just it's still doesn't work. But I, I am in awe of the uh, of in the of the animation. I think how how they did that underwater animation in that wow. particular s- sequence. I I want I just want I want to go sit. This I've had a time machine. That's one of the places where I'd want to go. Is like, could you show me how you did this? Because it's absolutely amazing, you know. Because yeah. uh, it was all done by hand and with the multiplane camera and all that. They weren't using computers, as we know. Um, anyway, yeah. I, I have I have tremendous respect, and I really love most of them. I really love most of these. And don't get me wrong, I still I love Fantasia too. It's just I just like these other. I like other yeah. films more. Yeah, I mean Pinocchio. It's when they turn into the donkeys. That is so terrifying. Um, and especially we're going to be having three Pinocchio movies coming out this year. So it's going to be so interesting. (laughs) I'm going to look forward to Sean, your Pinocchio ranking video (laughs) that I'm sure we're going to get. I know, right? (laughs) You too. (laughs) So I've been thinking about what that would look like if I should do that. Are there too many versions or too many weird versions? I don't, and is it a story? I just don't really like that. Yeah. Would I I be able to name? It's just like such a, I don't know, dark story with very bizarre, with a very bizarre morality to Mm -hmm. to it that I didn't even know what to make of it in a certain sense. Yeah. Well, and it it never occurred to me until I was older that the coachman's never punished for his actions. They, the kids are never turned back. They stay donkeys. As far as we know, they just leave. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Anyways, we should just see what, uh, 
all these versions do with it. Uh, in um, also the fact that they have anthropomorphic animals and regular animals. Like there's Gideon the cat, and then there's Figaro the cat. One's a real cat, and one's a walking around talking cat. Which I'm just like, what? <laughs> what is this world? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I just like watching it. You think kind of like modern day understanding of the culpability of children. Mm-hmm. And apply right. that to this story and you go, uh, I know it's a classic, but this is, this is weird. And yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really, I don't know the much, many people would go along with what this is communicating. Yeah. That's why I'm really curious to see what the hell are they going to do? What are they going to do? With three of these movies in 2022. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Right. But, so one, one more comment about yeah. this era though, for me and, and thanks the, uh, I got to tell you though, I still, I'm, I'm also always in awe of Snow White, and every time I rewatch it, uh, I just think it's one of the best films ever made. And really, it's, it's still, I think, in many ways, the gold standard of of all Disney animated films. Yeah, you know, the, the, to to uh, the standard that, that that they need to meet, and what mm-hmm. a tribute to. I mean, to, really, uh, because it it. Yeah, because it does everything. I mean, it's funny, it's scary, it's sad. It has all of your emotions that mm-hmm. you could have. And I think that that's what makes it so timeless, is that mm-hmm. it works for any anybody, because it has all of these feelings. And the animation is stunning. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. When I even went into it, a little bit cynical, skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. As the guy yeah. that, you know... It, does, knows modern movies much better than classic films. And this is you know, obviously the original. And so I started writing some notes down about like, well, you know, this song isn't as catchy and this and that. And I wrote things down and I got like 10 minutes after that. I was like, what? I was totally wrong. No, that's, there are so <laughs> many memorable songs. Like I know the words to so many so- uh, songs in this movie and I know the, every melody to something. Okay. Half of what I'm writing is wrong. This just is a classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, the next era is the package era, and it's Sludos Amigos all the way through the adventures of Vicabod and Mr. Toad. So it's Sludos Amigos, Three Caballeros, Make My Music, Fun and Fancy Free, Melody Time, the event, and then the adventures of, of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. And so my highest is the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I have that at 30. Um, and then my lowest is Sludos Amigos, which I have at 56. So, uh, what about you, Stanford? So, uh, the same Rachel at number 30, I have the adventures of Ichabod, Mr. Toad. And just as, as Sean was saying too, it's, um, it's clearly, I think the best package film and and most likely just because it's just like two longer shorts, right. (laughs) Rather than all these and, and with stories, you know, they've got, Mm -hmm. you know, they've got a, a complete story in each one. And I like the stories. I think both stories are, are mm-hmm. very compelling uh, and, and, you know, and good. And maybe it's just, you know, the college en- English major in me too. Cause I had read, <laughs> I had read these books, <laughs> as well. uh, but um, my, my lowest is fun and fancy free. Uh, yeah. I have all three of the package films low. I have them 48, 49 and 50. Well, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Three Caballeros is at, at 51. You know, I think I, where, where, um, I, I differ from you both, and I, res- I you know, 
please know how much I respect you. I'm not trying to diss your opinions at all. I have Saludos Amigos higher. I have it actually in my ranking at 33. I saw it at the very first D23 Expo in 2000. I think it was in 2009. They um, showed it. They had they had set up a theater, and uh, and they showed it. And, and, and one of the Disney archivists was there and and introduced it and talked about it. And that just helped tremendously, you know, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of opened it up to me. And plus, I've, I, I'd i been to Peru. And so the whole thing, I just really, yeah. I could just felt like I could relate to it a little bit. Um, and so I really enjoyed it. But I'm with you. It's short and it, it's weird. Although I do think it's much, it's better than the three Caballeros. Because well, that's one where just Donald is just chasing that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When he spends like half the movie chasing skirt, it's rough. It really is. Um, but Fun and Fancy Free is also not great. I mean, it has some fun shorts, but the whole the the interstitials with uh, Edgar Bergen is just oh. rough. And I, I mean, I'd heard about him before, and you know him and Charlie McCarthy, and. I was shocked when I watched the movie because I'm like, he's terrible v- v- ventriloquist. He's bad. You can totally see his mouth moving all the time. And I don't know why I, I, I was like, wow. So I don't know. It just, it is so weird. He's like going to this birthday party of this little, little girl. Like what is happening? Um, but I do have a soft spot in my heart. The one I have a little bit higher at 33 is I have make my music at 33 because I just think it's weird. And I like weird movies sometimes. Um, I just think it's the most experimental movie in the whole canon, I think. And uh, it definitely feels like picking up your sloppy seconds uh, from around the office. They're like, here, I'll take this one and this one, put that in. And I guess I kind of like it for that reason, because it's 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 something different. But, and I, Willie the Whale, I will always love Willie the Whale. <laughs> but uh, Sean, what about you? Yeah, I have uh, Adventures of Ichabod Crane and Mr. Toad is my highest, um, but it's it's still in the 50s. And then Saludos Amigos at the bottom. Um, I think Adventures of Ichabod. You have that at 60, don't you? Isn't I do. I, I mean, yeah, the, yeah. the bottom five are, are the, I mean, they're all kind of like, that's, they're just not my yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, so the bottom five are ones I just, uh, um, they're, they're kind of interchangeable. Um, I don't have distinctive memories like of which one is which. It's like, uh, there's right. one that's, like, why is he just dancing with this girl in the bar? Like, I don't understand. And it's like, what are all these tr- weird trippy images? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I just, you know, just, just mm-hmm. not for me yeah. um, with the way they're designed. And then as we discussed before, Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, there, there's actual story there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the silver era is Cinderella through the jungle book. So it's Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, The Sword in the Stone, and The Jungle Book. So, Stanford, what's your high and low on this one? So, Cinderella, as I blew out earlier, <laughs> Cinderella is my, <laughs> is, is, is my high. And then my low is Sword in the Stone, which I have pretty low. Yeah, at 47. I don't care for that film yeah. really much at all. Um, I just, it's, for me, it's the, it's the story. It's just the storytelling it drives me crazy in that yeah. film. But uh, yeah, there's hardly any story. It's just a bunch of lessons. Like this yeah. world learns more than than uh, <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have Cinderella also at my top at number four. I have it at four in my ranking, and I have Sword in the Stone at fifty-one. Uh, but what about you, Sean? 
Okay, let's see. What do we have here? In last place, I have Sword in the Stone. Seems like we're all in <laughs> we're easy all agreement in, on that yeah. one. And then um, uh, I had uh, Peter Pan at number one on my list. We're a big Peter Pan fam- family. Mm. I even have a nephew named Peter. So that's how oh. Peter Pan, my household, was growing up. So that's one that I have... Um, very nostalgic memories mm-hmm. towards, but this this is also just a a, a great era. Yeah, it except is for Sword and Stone. Except <laughs> for Sword and Stone. <laughs> that right. one. But like I was I was thinking like which one is at the top? And then uh, was it Sleeping Beauty? Was it Cinderella? And it was like there, there was like four movies that all of them were like that. Those are all amazing. Um, and then that's not even talking about Alice in Wonderland. That's amazing. And Jungle Book. Oh, that's a classic. Oh, Lady and the Tramp. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. And then Sword and the Stone. Yeah, yeah I I have. <laughs> Cinderella at four. I have uh, 101 Dalmatians at six. I have Sleeping Beauty at seven. So I have three from in this era in my top 10. Yeah, I so have I was... four in my top 12. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I've got. Uh, wow, I've got like six in my top, yeah, <laughs> in my top 12. Uh, I, just the odd one out of Sword in the Stone. It's like, everything right, else is amazing. <laughs> yeah, except that one, it's kind of garbage. Yeah, it's I was good. so happy to hear your ranking when I watched your, your video, Sean, about Peter Pan because uh, I adore that film too. Mm-hmm. I just, it's just, it's, it's, it was just a childhood favorite in it and it, remains as as rachel knows she's heard me about <laughs> i have peter pan at 40 <laughs> how dare you wait once again how do i <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna let my sister know about this and uh, you will get a strongly worded letter a co- strongly worded comment somewhere about this they're so mean to wendy and the red man song is so cringy but i do like the uh the humor i think that hook is hilarious so i don't certainly don't hate it and i do like the music aside from red man i do like the other songs <laughs> uh but i and i am curious to see what david lowry is going to do uh with he's making it i think it's going to be called um pan and wendy peter, peter and wendy, wendy or something, something like, like that. that that uh that's on coming to disney plus right it's- uh yeah i'm not sure but he I, he's just such an interesting director like uh, you know he did the green knight he did pete's dragon he did so he's been able to swing between really you know artsy independent stuff and making stuff for disney unlike any other director i can think of um so i'm curious to see what he'll come up with it'll be interesting <laughs> uh, Okay, so then we have the Bronze Era, and that's the Aristocats through Oliver and Company. <laughs> so Aristocats, Robin Hood, uh, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, The Rescuers, Fox and the Hound, The Black Cauldron, The Great Mouse Detective, and Oliver and Company. So I have uh, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh at 14. It's my favorite of this group. And then I have uh, The Black Cauldron at 55 out of this group uh what about you sean uh last place i have the uh Aristocats. Mm. and then mm-hmm. number one i have the great mouse detective and let me see where they fall in the uh, actual spectrum of the full ranking um yeah great mouse detective even being the top one in here is only at, at number 29 and then Aristocats is at number 51 so this is clearly an era that i, I was not super into when um 
the highest one of the bunch uh, barely <laughs> cracked my top 30. Yeah. Well, here's a funny story great, about Grape's Great Mouse Detective, which I have at 15, so just one uh, behind um, uh, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, so when I watched it for my first ranking, I was like, what is this mouse burlesque scene? Like, yeah. what? I've never seen that <laughs> yeah. before. And so I called my mom and I was like, what is this scene? And she's like, oh, we always skipped over that scene. <laughs> Right, no wonder know. it didn't seem familiar. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, made, I was made a mistake. Actually, I do. I have the Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh at number 20. I had two oh. different lists in two different places. So nice. that, it, it's a little bit friendlier to, to the era. One of them yeah. back to 20. <laughs> so my so anyway, yeah, the, I wrote that in my notes. Yeah, about the last night. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never knew that. Woo. It's so random. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Stanford? What's your top and bottom? Well, my top, of course, is the rescuers, um, which I have at number nine. I it's again, Sean. I think you really aced it when you're talking about uh, movies that are sentimental. You yeah. know, the uh, the rescuers was was a movie I I saw as a kid. You know, uh, in the theater, my parents sent me to it, and I just loved it. I still I still do love it. Uh, and the last one for me is the is the Black Cauldron, and I have that actually. That's what I, my number sixty is the Black mm-hmm. Cauldron. What did you think of? I can't remember in your ranking. What did you think of Black Cauldron, Sean? Uh, so that's one of the ones I'd never seen before. Yeah, which is actually interesting because I actually read the books, which I read oh, almost see? no books growing up. I, I didn't read growing up, but um, that was one of the series my sister was into, and so I, I read. Um, the books. And then I was like, wait, there's a movie. How have I never seen the movie? And then I did all the research into it about the movie disappeared for 15 years. Like, oh, okay, that makes sense. The time period where I could have watched it, would have watched it, the movie had disappeared. So I had I'd never seen it until I watched it for this. And I, I, I mean, it felt like um, generic fantasy movie, the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it had every single cliche without anything new or interesting added to them. It was just like the chosen one, the magic sword, the sacrifice, the princess in the castle. I mean, it was just everything that you're supposed to have in one of these it had. Um, But it was just like, it was like a checklist of like, now you have to have this, 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 this. And when you're trying to tell kind of this big fantasy story that's told over multiple books and things like that in 80 minutes with world building, and it, it just, it's so superficial that it was just, uh, so I, I had it uh, not terribly high on my list. Either. When the characters are so annoying, and that's part of the problem. <laughs> it's rough. It's a rough set. Uh, but uh, I mean, I the, the animation is beautiful, and I would have been very curious <laughs> to have seen it before. I got hacked to death, but I know Rachel and I, we were talking about is we, we want to see the pre Katzenberg cut, right. Of, a, <laughs> of this <laughs> before it got hacked. Yeah. So it, it is absolutely fa- just a mini rabbit. Oh, fascinating to me. How many movies had these dramatic other cuts that are lost to time? Yeah. I mean, that is crazy to me. Like I think about my YouTube videos and I like save all the footage and everything like that. Cause I don't want to lose anything. You think whole movies from like top directors, top studios where there was this t- other version that have now become the stuff of legends and, yeah. and they're lost yep. forever. That lost. is, I mean, they spent millions and millions and millions of dollars to create all the, all this footage, create this version, the proper one. 
and nobody has it anymore. That is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Magnificent Ambersons. Uh, it goes way back to Orson Welles in the you know 19 or 30s or 40s, whatever. Uh, nobody has ever seen. The, the, I don't think anyone's ever seen the correct version of that movie. Uh, but yeah, I know it is interesting. It's like if we could have the pre-Katzenberg cut of <laughs> that culture, please. Please. Uh, is it somewhere, you know, lost in there, you're buried in the Disney archive. Yeah. Uh, so uh, next we have the Renaissance, uh, which is, of course, the Little Mermaid through Tarzan. So it's Little Mermaid, Rescuers Down Under, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, Pocahontas. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, Tarzan, and, and Tarzan. Uh, so, uh, Stanford, what's your top and bottom for this one? So, top of as Beauty and the Beast, and that actually is my number one, too, of the whole of the whole list. It's just one of my all time favorite uh, films. Love it. And then the bottom one for me is Hunchback of, of Notre Dame, which I have at number fifty three, and it's a film I really just can hardly st- hardly stand. I think as we've you know talked about before it there's there's so much potential and I, and I appreciate that Disney was trying to take on something challenging but I feel like this this story to to begin with is not one that really lends itself <laughs> to to a Disney animated film and then they have to make so many changes to it and then adding the comic relief to it it yeah. just it just kills me. Oh, it was so hard to that, this was one of the harder ones to rewatch when I, you know, doing this rewatch with Rachel. Like, oh, I hate this movie so much. But our episode was very good with oh, yeah. Christine on. That was wonderful. That was yeah. a, it ended up being a great episode. Uh, so that's the great thing about podcasting is that sometimes the the train wrecks are the most interesting conversation actually to have. Uh, and uh, Anyway, um, so for me, I have The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast as my one and two. And sometimes I've done, I've reviewed, I've ranked the Disney canon three times. Two times I've had uh, Beauty and the Beast at one. And one time I had The Little Mermaid at one. The Little Mermaid was the first movie that I ever really loved. And uh, and it, it was so important for my childhood and just in my love of music and my love of animation. I still love it to this day. Uh, but I also love Beauty and the Beast and I think I love the message and I, you know, I'm very nostalgic about that as well. And I love the music and, uh, so I don't know. I just go back and forth between those two there. I just love them both. Um, and then my lowest is Pocahontas at 50. Um, I like some things about Pocahontas. I think the, it has some good music. Uh, I think Judy Kuhn is an incredible singer. Or Pocahontas. And uh, I, I think, you know, numbers like Savages, I think is really beautiful and interesting. It has something to say, but I just don't like Pocahontas as a character. She's so insufferable. She's so annoying. And I think the whole, and I'm the Hallmark girl. Like I love a good romance. This is just so terrible. I hate this romance. It's so like, they never even, I don't know. They just, it's just they look into each other and that's it. There's no not, no substance to me, between except for her preaching to him and to all of us. And I just don't care for it. But I admit the animation is beautiful and it has some pretty songs. But it's my least favorite. <laughs> what, what about you, Sean? 
Yeah, so I, I have Pocahontas in the last for this era, but this is by far my, my favorite era. So even it's only at, at number 36 and then only mm-hmm. slightly above it at 34 is Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, a lot of what both of you said about those movies, I, I would echo that, although it seems I like them more than you. But like with Hunchback of Notre Dame, it's one of those ones where I watched it and was like reading about the background of Victor Hugo. It's like, what? this is not probably the best source material for a piece of <laughs> entertainment for children. So yeah. We're going to follow this up with Disney's Les Mis. Like what, what, what are we doing here? And then like, exactly like you said about trying to throw in these comedic sidekicks, it oh. just does not fit the tone of like this very dark story about someone being horribly abused and then wacky side characters. But I mean, there, I, I think there's also not a lot of nice themes in it, but like a yeah, Pocahontas, uh, another one that I don't, I just, the word drab kinds of come, kind of comes to mind. There's some great music and some beautiful animation, but it's just like so serious. And to even some of what you said about Pocahontas herself being insufferable of like, when you make your lead character, not affable and fun, but all, like luxury, even when mm-hmm. your, your best song, is a lecture. (laughs) Yeah. You think you own whatever land you land on. Like, I mean, I get your point, but you know, not the best way to win people, (laughs) win friends and influence people. Uh, And then at number one, I I have Lion King, but the top, yes. um, My top three are all from this era. Uh, So uh, number two is beauty and the beast. Number three is Aladdin. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what a run of movies there. I know. Right. I mean, it's kind of like, how do you pick? But no, but I, I I loved your ranking, Sean. I thought that blanking at the top was a great choice. Yeah, I have six from this era in my top twenty. I have Beauty and the Beast at one. I have Aladdin at sixteen. Lion King at eight. I have Hercules at twenty, and uh, Mulan at nine, and Tarzan at seventeen. So, <laughs> pretty all very high except for I. I also share your feelings about Hunchback. It's I admire the ambition, the risk taking, but I I don't think it works. I think it works way better as a play than as the um, as an animated film. Uh, but all right, so then we have the post Renaissance, which is Fantasia two thousand through. Uh, I think. Do you remember what we went through, um, Stanford with Dave uh, Bolt? Is that usually the end? I think. I think it was Bolt, but you know, let's just. I think we were also for- kind of questioning it, but yeah, <laughs> but Bolt, Bolt works. Yeah. Okay. So my top is in this era is the Emperor's New Groove. I have it at nineteen, and my lowest is Home on the Range at sixty. My lowest of all uh, for Disney canon. I just really dislike that film. <laughs> what? <laughs> that gem of a movie? <laughs> Is there a joke in there like, are those udders real or are they silicone? <laughs> in a kid's movie? What yeah. a joke. <laughs> what yeah, a- what a great joke. It's it's pretty painful. It's pretty painful. Um, yeah, but I have a lot really low in this. I have um, Chicken Little at 58. I have Brother Bear at 57. Uh, Dinosaur at 59. So it was not my favorite era. 
I also, like you, kind of got out of animation during this era because, <laughs> because I was in college and also because they weren't very good. Uh, but uh, what about you, Sean? What did you have best and worst? Uh, so is another era I, I didn't like. And actually, to your question you asked at the beginning of this about um, were there a lot of movies I hadn't seen before? If you count just last year, the answer is no, there wasn't a lot that I hadn't seen before, but that's because I ranked the post Renaissance to mm. I think when um, uh, maybe right around when frozen two came out or something like that. Oh, and yeah. so okay. I, I watched them since starting my channel. If you removed that, you start adding like 10 more movies I hadn't seen. And so then, then perhaps you could fall into the category. I hadn't seen a lot mm. prior to starting my channel. But um, so a bunch of these were first time watches within the, the last three years and what an era to miss. <laughs> um, number one for me was Atlantis. I thought that was a nice little that. I mean, you think you watch that movie and you think that's the sort of if it was live action, that would be right up my alley. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it that's even with so many Disney movies being turned into live action. Atlantis feels like one that's a more prime candidate because it was not a classic. It's not like a already appreciated classic. It's perhaps underwatched. It didn't perform great. And it feels like a PG-13 big gigantic blockbuster. So that was my number one. And then in last place, I had uh, looks like Chicken Little was the one that I had at the bottom. But I had five of their movies in my bottom 20. So Chicken Little, I didn't like Brother Bear at all. I'm not a Fantasia person at all. Home on the Range is in my bottom 10. So there was a bunch of them in there that I was just like, Ugh, oof, what? I, and, and this is fascinating to me. Like, how do you how do you go from the Renaissance and so quickly just like collapse? Yeah, like, I just yeah. don't. That is so crazy to me. It's crazy. That, well, and that's that what people seem to think that Disney is untouchable. And one thing that, and they're certainly in a very strong place. I'm not denying that, but. Uh, it really wasn't that long ago right. that they were not in a great place, and it, it's have they've had the cycles again and again and again, and it's going to happen again. At least with the films, they might be able to be consistent with the parks, or but even those there was the Eisner era, which was rough. Um, but uh, they obviously, as a company, they're not going anywhere. I'm not saying that, but uh, to assume that they're un touchable i think is not correct right. i think <laughs> they, as far as their films uh, i mean yeah i mean you think like when the renaissance happened they were 50 years old and very established and then they they have this run where you think in mm -hmm. a span of five years they put out the little mermaid beauty and the beast aladdin and lion king in a span yeah. of five it years just kind of blows your mind and, and then you think and at the same time Ten years after that, they have the fantastic run where in five years they put out Chicken Little, Brother Bear, Home yeah. on the Range, on the range. Dinosaur, yeah. and you're like, what? Yeah. How did this – what? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. And, and especially like wasn't it, – it's not quite this simple. Wasn't Eisner over Disney during both of those time periods? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's like, I, that's the piece I should – like I don't get it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but he was convinced that they needed to market to teens, both in the parks and in the movies. And so a lot of those movies were sort of weird attempts to appeal to like teenage boys. <laughs> You're like, oh, I don't know. It didn't work. But 
Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Um, so we have the, uh, let's see, did you, Stanford, you didn't say yours for post no, right? No, so. Yeah, so what are yours? We, we have a theme going on here. Top one is Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> uh, for me, I have it at number 29, but it's a film mm-hmm. that I I really enjoy. It's yeah. just super fun. Uh, then in my four of my bottom five are from this period. So Brother Bear at 56, Chicken Little at 57, 58, Home on the Range, 59, Dinosaur. And then, yeah. of course, Black Cauldron at 60, but different period. But uh, yeah, <laughs> horrible, horrible films. The only good I, thing about Dinosaur is if you have insomnia. I think it could work. Other than that, the score, right. the score is actually really the score is good. That's the great. score, and, and it's one of those things that made me sad because it, it had potential. I thought, yeah. that, I thought the visuals could really have potentially be very, very interesting. I tell you well, in that, that first scene with the egg, is pretty, pretty good. But then they get they get into this. The whole rest of the movie is just brown, brown, brown. So it doesn't well, even all of the sort of cool aesthetics that you could have had of the photo. Uh, background and, with the CG uh, dinosaurs. And it doesn't don't get work me started because it's just on, on Joan Plowright and uh, <laughs> Della Reese's characters. You just want to like poke my eyes out. I just think, are you kidding me? These old lady dinosaurs. <laughs> that anyway, yeah. the whole thing is just horrible, horrible, horrible in my eyes. But Here's, they're all bad. Interesting question for you, Sean. Do you think that there has been a post revival? era after Ralph breaks the internet or do you think it were, it's still just one big era um my argument for that is because Ralph breaks the internet is the first one without Lassiter so I feel like there was a pretty big change and so that's that's why I feel like there's this is sort of the, we're now in the post revival when is it does it start Start or end with Ralph Breaks the Internet? It starts with Ralph okay. Breaks the Internet. Is, is that also the beginning of the this run of sequels? Yes. So it, it would if you if we did post revival, it would be Ralph Breaks the Internet, Frozen Two, Raya, and Encanto. Uh, I mean, I, I think that would make sense, um, even in the set, like just the way that Disney is starting to run these days of kind of. Uh, placing safer bets with sequels and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as you said, Lasseter being s- such an important piece to the puzzle. Um, I just looked up and realized I've been staring at my webcam as I'm talking to you to make sure I'm looking at the camera, which probably isn't very important for a podcast. It's like, why am I staring wow. at this camera? I do sometimes <laughs> too. Uh, or I'll wave. I'll wave to say goodbye. And I'm like, why am I waving? Yeah, Nobody why am I waving? Um, you know, but but I, I I would um, you know I'm not I I wouldn't call myself an expert enough to be able to make a definitive statement, but that makes a lot of sense to me. I uh, view it just a tad differently, and I know we had talked about this a bit with with Dave Rachel, but uh, even though Laster I think had left by the time clearly, but when with Ralph breaks the internet and Frozen Two came out, I think he still had an executive producer credit on both of them. And I think that he, he had been involved enough with them mm-hmm. that for me, I would start, I am calling it the Jennifer Lee era. And again, no one asked me. So, I mean, I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there and you're nice to let me blah, blah, blah. But yeah. uh, it's the Jennifer Lee era. And I think it starts with Raya and the last dragon. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like that was really, and again, maybe Laster was involved cause these films go, you know, they take a long time 
as we know in development, et cetera. But I don't think he had a credit though. But I, he didn't have a credit, and I feel like the the tone is different in both of those films, somewhat. I mean, it still feels very Disney, but uh, but uh, you know, interesting. Yeah, that's just my opinion. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yeah. Well. Let's talk about, I guess, the revival, just the rest of the movies, uh, for now at least. Um, so we have uh, pr- The Princess and the Frog, Tangled, Winnie the Pooh, Wreck-It Ralph, Frozen, Big Hero 6, Zootopia, Moana, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Frozen 2, Raya and the Last Dragon, and Encanto. So, Sean, what was your high and low in this one? So, low is Ralph Breaks the Internet. I... I dug the first half of the movie, I guess, well enough. It was fine. Yeah. And then the second half felt like they attached a bad sequel onto it, the same way that a weird virus attached to his back. Even even visually, I find it uncomfortable to watch some of those graphics. Maybe that's the way that I'm wired, but like the weird virus stuff. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the last third of that movie. I, I don't find it watchable at all, which is frustrating because I do have a lot of fun with the, the, the first bit to it. And my number one was Wreck-It Ralph, so an era bookended by Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, yeah, interesting, yeah. But um, I'm also, uh, I really dug Raya, the Frozen movies, so I've, I've got a, I, I mean, I almost have as many of these movies in my top 20, or maybe have as many of these movies in my top 20 as I do Renaissance films. I think mm-hmm. maybe five or six in there, so I think this has been a really good decade. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, uh, agreed. For me, I have Tangled as my top. I have it at three. It's one of my favorite Disney movies. I just absolutely love the characters. I feel I've said for a long time that I, I think it's Disney's first real romantic comedy where you have like extended banter between the couple. I mean, you have a little bit in Aladdin. You could make that claim, uh, and but I I just love the banter between Flynn and Rapunzel, and I think it has huge heart. And I love Mother Gothel. It's the last real like dishy villain that we've had. For a long time uh, and so i miss those a lot and i wish that we could get them back uh and i i just love the story and i love the fact that she loves eugene better than fitz and then than flynn and um so it's my it's my favorite uh i do also have moana pretty high of it at 11 uh but my lowest is actually the princess and the frog i have it at 42 and I do love the animation and I love most of the voice work, but I don't like Naveen as a character. I think that he's slimy and I just don't trust him as a character. And I just don't really like the story. I don't love the voodoo elements and how that's handled and bringing in the occult into a Disney film. is just not for me. Um, and I just think it's kind of a mess of a story that's got so many subplots going all over the place. And then she's a frog for most of the movie. And we're supposed to be all empowered that it's the, you know, the first uh, African-American Disney princess, but she's a frog for most of the movie, which is awkward. Um, I just don't love it. And I wish that I did. And I was super disappointed when I saw it at the theater. Uh, So uh, Stanford, what about you? So uh, similar, Rachel. In fact, if not, if not identical, t- uh, Tangled <laughs> is at the top. Uh, I have it Tangled at number ten. I think it's it's when Disney finally figured out to how to make a computer animated fairy tale, and just they just aced it. You know, it's just it's 
it's it's it's it's really it's just a perfect movie mm -hmm. and and i and i also appreciate the, uh what you said about it too i i i love the romantic comedy element to it and uh anyway great songs really love that movie and then princess and the frog for me uh i have it at low too i have it at 54 um i really wanted to like this movie i mean there was so much excitement about it disney was returning to hand-drawn animation ron and john were directing it it's you know it's fairy tale it's african-american princess all the stuff that you just think oh this is going to be so fantastic and then just as you said she's a frog for so much so much of the movie the story i just thought was a mess and um didn't i didn't didn't care for it i i, I love the animation and i love tiana in fact i'm very it's going to be great that tiana's getting her own disney plus series and i, I think that's probably where hopefully that's going to be terrific you know if you really enjoy her character because uh, her character's great and i love anika noni rose you know and all, all that stuff but well as a film um it's it's bad. Right right above it, I have the Hunchback of Notre Dame. So you can let's out. I mean, it's yeah. even like one of the characters is like a spitting frog, and there's like flies going towards poo. Like it's just, just like like gross <laughs> yeah. humor. Yeah. That's like what, what like what do what, like it, it has princess in the title. There's a certain sense of elegance that goes along with that, and the the mucus and the spit. Like they just don't. They don't go well with the what comes yep. to mind, and so that, I I have that one really low too, uh, and and likewise with you guys, I have Tangled in my top ten as well. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. So I, I actually I have it above the Frozen movies. I said Frozen movies, but Tangled's actually above it. Nice, great. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on no, and talking with us about you, your Sean. ranking. It's so fantastic. We have to blast. talk to you and to get and to get your perspective on these films. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it's fun. Like like I said, it was one of those ones that uh, I spent so long on the project and I, I wanted to do one where I talked about the eras. I wanted to do, do a video about that, but I, I just, I ran out of days. I ran out of energy and uh, and then your Spider-Man No Way Home was right around the corner. I was like, I have to take a couple of days off. I have to rest after working on this gigantic project and I know I'm going to have a crazy month. And so I, I wanted to do something like this. So now I finally was able to. I'm so glad. Well, how can people find you on social media and your channel and everything? Yeah, on the Twitter, you can find me at Kirk Never Died. If you go to the Instagram, it's Sean Talks About. And if you go to the YouTube, if you type in Sean Chandler, S E A N, you'll either find an NFL player or a guy that talks about movies. I am the <laughs> one talking about movies. Very good. Very good. I was it's about to say, you'll find a guy that looks like me. But that's not helpful on a podcast. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. Which I keep forgetting. <laughs> so, Stanford, how can people find you? On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark. And I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. And follow me on Instagram. My handle's at moviespap, uh, as in past and present. Great. And you can find us at Disney Talking on Twitter. So make sure you follow there. And then also you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please take a look at that. And also check out the Hallmarkies podcast to have a lot of fun over there. And uh, please, if you are listening to this episode on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We would really appreciate it. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store. You can get hashtag animation junkie shirts. 
So please take a look at that. And thanks again, Sean. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.